0: salutations to all you nice people out there, uh, even if you're not nice. Greetings and salutations to you, too. I, I'm going to do a, a little bit of a, uh, a different kind of episode. I'm picking up some loose ends. I've had some people who have commented on some things, have asked some questions about some things. They've They've contacted me. And so I want to honor that. If you've listened and made the effort to talk to me, I feel like I should probably probably close some loops on some things so i'm going to i'm going to cover a few things uh, here at the beginning that you know it may be like sort of a verbal gumbo and if you don't like that you can just skip it um and uh, and then maybe i'll move into something uh, something else by the end but uh, just to start off with i had a dear friend Tally, uh asked me about my uh relationship between onions and salsa because i made this declaration uh, well, I guess two declarations. One was that I uh, I hate raw onions. And two was that I uh, when I become president, chips and salsa will be my first executive order, a required mandatory chips and salsa at every restaurant. And uh, and and I, I, I want to go back and explain because she said, hey, how can this be if you're such a salsa? You're pro salsa and you vote. Um, how can you be anti onion and pro salsa and i feel like i i could just about turn that into it's kind of like how can you be uh pro life and uh and uh, and also be for the death penalty you know kind of i don't know anyhow uh it, 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 did i just get too political somebody somebody just turned off that's good i probably needed that person to go but um Anyhow, I, let me explain. Let me explain, okay? that I, I I want a chance to explain. So the first thing is, is that I don't hate all onions for all time. I just don't like eating raw onions sort of, uh, you know, with without any sort of uh, auxiliary. I don't like eating raw onions just as is. If I encounter a raw onion in the wild, I have no desire to eat that raw onion. Now, raw onions in something else now we begin to move into are they prepared in some way so again if you're just putting raw onions on a salad i'm still gonna have problems with that raw onions on a hamburger no not a fan raw onions on top of my pizza nope now you begin to cook the onions grill the onions in any way that's that's a different thing. Even a pickled onion i've I've come to realize i can I can manage a pickled onion. um and and again, cooked onions, I can eat all day long. But uh, it, it, when it comes to salsa, I will be honest with you. first of all, i I like best my own salsa that I make. That's correct. I make my own salsa. I don't make it all the time, and I haven't made it recently because one of the key ingredients in my salsa, that I, the one I, the version I really like is tomatillos, and I have yet to uh, encounter a tomatillo in Deutschland. Uh, yeah, it's even at the American uh, commissary on the on the base, I, I have not noticed good, lovely green tomatillos. Whereas they were readily available in most grocery stores uh, in Texas, where I came from haven't seen any here. Maybe, maybe I'll keep looking. Um, but uh, troubling, I uh, can't find the tomatillos. But when I was making salsa, my salsa recipe did not include onions. That's correct. Did not. And it was killer salsa. It was amazing. It was amazing. I, I sort of adapted it from a, a Rick Bayless, you know, who's this Mexican guru. Um, he's not Mexican. He's a guru of Mexican food. Um, good old Oklahoma boy, was actually in my dad's youth group when my dad was a youth pastor back in the 1960s. But anyhow, I digress. But uh, yeah, I adapted this this recipe and it's phenomenal. And it uses uh, tomatillos and garlic and uh, chipotle peppers and lime juice. And if I want to make a drunken version, I can put some tequila in there. Um, and it's all, you know, tends to be, uh, I saute a lot of stuff. I roast it. So it has a roasty smoky flavor, really good salsa, but there's no onions. Now, do I eat salsa that has onions in it? I do. I, I have been known to, but I will make two uh, caveats here. One is, um, if it's too onion forward, I might, bail out after a couple of bites number two if if the onions are big enough okay and i'm going to sound like a princess here uh but i'm i don't care if i'm dipping my chip in and i'm getting a scoop and i notice that i've got that that uh telltale translucent onion floating there okay uh, you know and or it's it's cresting the salsa like a like the you know menacing dorsal fin of a shark i'm gonna avoid that on my scoop. I might give a little shake and let that drop off and just stick to the tomato-y, peppery stuff. Because honestly, I'm not just not a fan. But I have noticed that, that onions that have been sitting in, in a salsa concoction, especially if it's been sitting in a jar, you know, it, they've been sort of slightly pickled. They've been adjusted in some way, so they're not as strong. So that's sort of my thing with with onions and salsas. I, I don't, I don't uh, lean towards the more oniony salsas to begin with. And when I certainly when I prepare my own, I don't. And uh, if I see uh, an onion is coming straight at me, I, I will avoid it. That's that's how that works. Um, so does that make me um, does that make me very prissy? Yes, uh, I'll, I'll accept that. I There's there's it'd be hard for me to make a case that I'm not very particular about many things. Um, does it make me perhaps a little bit of a, a, a you know, a hypocrite? talking about onions, hating onions, but then, you know, having some sort of negotiation that I make, yeah, i'm I'm a hypocrite. i'm I am a giant box of contradictions, ladies and gentlemen. I, that's that's just the nature of of being alive, I think. What was it That's the line from much do about nothing? Benedict says towards the end, he says, man is a giddy thing. I, I always remember that. Yep, man is a giddy thing. We're we're sort of all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. So, anyhow, yep, that's uh, that's me and the uh, the salsa conundrum. But with that in mind, I should give you sort of a Mexican update here, Mexican food update. We went to a place, another competing uh, Mexican restaurant here at the recommendation of someone here in Germany who had who to his credit he had spent time in san antonio texas i thought that gave him some cred i thought that would make him somewhat trustworthy when it came to tex-mex and he called this place now i should have known he called it Mex-Tex, which it's not Mex-Tex. it's tex-mex let's just all be clear and it's not because i favor texas over mexico i'm just saying that's the phrase people call it tex-mex they just do and um and, and he said, oh, yeah, you should go to this other place uh, and, and try their, their food. I think it's better than the one you've been going to. And I thought, well, OK. So we went. And I walked in this place. And unlike the previous restaurant, there was no one of Mexican and or Spanish descent uh, anywhere in there. It was populated mostly by Germans. Um. Uh, and and i i i got concerned right off the bat um it it felt a little bit like a bad ponchos uh and and maybe some people are like well that's redundant phil bad ponchos but if you know ponchos you know what i'm talking about they even had the little flags that you raise if you wanted service but it felt like a very bad uh, ponchos facsimile and uh but we thought we're committed we're going to go in here we're going to try it out we're going to check it out and we went in, and uh, the first thing is we thought, well, let's try the queso. Because the one thing about the other restaurant that they do not get right is the queso. The queso was an abomination. Uh, and and it was at least, I give them credit, the the first place the, there was an attempt at at using real ingredients. The problem was it just turned into a melted rubbery cheese because they had just melted cheese. And queso can't just be melted cheddar. That isn't going to work. But,, uh, this place, we said, well, let's try the queso out." And so we ordered queso, And what we had brought to our table was cold cheese whiz. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. we We discovered this the hard way. We looked at it, and it it looked like cheese whiz. It looked literally like cheese whiz that had been scooped from the jar. But we thought, well, maybe, you know, good old Velveeta queso. There's a place in my heart for that stuff. You know, the rotelli kind of crockpot queso that you get. I, I could find my way clear to eating some of that. Not only was it just pure cheese whiz, it was cold. It was from the fridge. This is what they brought to the table: cold cheese whiz. I I I can't begin to express my uh, dismay at this only to then receive the rest of the meal which was equally disappointing so i don't i i won't i won't give any more airtime to that because it was a bad experience uh, that we shall never repeat i will never return to that place but uh we were told and misled that it was superior to our original place and uh, it, it was not it was awful it was really bad we did discover a place that's kind of like a Chipotle here called Benji's. Uh and it's kind of like a Chipotle Freebird, you know, big build-your-own burrito kind of thing, you know, uh and their queso was decent. It was it was pretty solid queso and they had a hot sauce. They had a hot sauce that they literally it says on the sign it says the uh, it's it's no joke. That's what they said in parentheses like, you know, this is no joke and indeed it was no joke very hot very hot had some uh, had some flames to it so um that's good but it wasn't it was again it was just that sort of burrito thing that's hot right now which i don't think of as it's its own thing so uh, we got good queso over here we got decent mexican over here and then we have this other place that's uh, i shall not be mentioned but uh, you know the 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 real problem i've discovered now having gone three places is nobody seems to be able to really get just the tortilla chips right. They just can't seem to get the tortilla chips right. The humble tortilla chip, that seems like that should be a a no-brainer. And and it makes me realize how much I took that for granted because even restaurants that were not great Tex-Mex restaurants in Texas, you tended to enjoy the chips and salsa or the chips and queso. And so it's sort of an inversion here. I found some decent tamales, I found some decent burrito. I found, but I can't seem to quite get any place where I can just sit and have some chips and salsa and feel like you know I'm, I've recreated a slice of home. The chips can't get the chips right. They're too thick or they they almost seem like they have flour or they're too I don't know. It just isn't it isn't quite right. I don't know what's going on with that. You know, uh, but uh, it 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 makes me sad. It makes me sad. I miss I miss the comforts of a of a bowl of tortilla chips. Uh, I could drown my tears in. But uh anyhow, we we press on with these uh, enduring these hardships. <laughs> yes, the the difficult life of the expat in Germany, having to uh, live without abundance Tex-Mex. I know these are hard things. But there you go onions, salsa, Tex-Mex. There's the sort of that update. Now, uh, another one is uh, that we did return to the Naked Spa. Went to the Naked Spa, and uh, we decided this time to go on a Sunday afternoon, a late Sunday afternoon. Now, we did this because um, because of the Sunday blues. And if you don't know about the Sunday blues, uh, I think there's probably lots of people that, you know, get to Sunday evening and are like, oh, I got to go to work in the morning. But I would say for teachers, it's it's acute. It's it's a, it's a very real thing, the Sunday blues, and uh, and that's because teaching's really hard. I just want to give a shout out to all the teachers out there because teaching is hard in a way that no other job I've ever worked is, and I've worked other jobs. I I was I have had several uh, slices of careers uh, for multiple years at a time, and teaching is. Far and away the most demanding of any of those jobs. Now, you know, people, like, oh, you get summers and Christmas off. Okay, first of all, shut your pie hole. Um, the second of all, the the amount of energy it takes to be a teacher in the average day is intense, man. It is intense because when, when you're sitting with a room full of people that have come in, to learn from you, you have to be up for the game in a way that's unlike anything else I've ever done. Because you you have to really like be super engaged with them to get them to buy in. Whatever age students, I mean, it really doesn't matter. It's a different kind of thing you do with younger ones versus older ones, but it's still intense having to try to, to light the fireman. man. We're trying, not light the fireman. Never light a fireman. To light the fire, comma, man. Um, you you really you you gotta exert a lot to to get the kids involved, man. And then the other thing is that it's a very rigid schedule, right? Like you can't just go, oh, I think I'm gonna run to the restroom because you you gotta you got, you got 20 kids sitting there. You you got it. You can't just walk out. You can't say I'm gonna go refill my coffee. Um, you, you, I mean, I I did do that a couple times with older students when I was just walking 15 feet away, but but you know you, you kind of have to be there and engaged and with them and so and and it's just one wave after another you go to class and you've got a you got students and the bell rings and you're living your life in this rigid sort of time structure and and one group files out and the next one files in and you got to be ready to recreate that fire once again with another group of students and it's hard, man. It's very demanding work. If you know a teacher, give them, a, well, I was going to say give them a hug, but, but you should give them a hundred bucks. I don't know. You should do something nice for them because teachers work really hard. And it again, it's demanding in a way no other job in the world that I've ever been a part of is. It's just, it's a ton of work and and it's rewarding. I'm not suggesting it's a bad job. I loved being a teacher. The rewards are also immense. When you're a teacher, but the the it, it demands a lot of you, physically, emotionally, you know, it's it's a draining job. So all that's to say, you get to Sunday night and you're like, oh man, it's gonna start. Like the 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 onslaught starts Monday. The 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 waves, you know, it's like I'm gonna have to like get up for the game. So people like to combat their Sunday blues in different ways, you know. Some people want to have a very quiet very very serene time the calm before the storm others want to do something really fun like man we're going to pull out the stops and party on sunday night and they kind of roll in on monday like ooh boy i lived it up last night um you know however you decide to chase away the sunday blues whatever but we decided this time cuz my wife is teaching and she said hey let's maybe let's go to the spa cuz the spa is you know it's 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 an outing so you're getting out of the house you're not just sitting on the sofa but you're also doing something that should be relaxing and anyhow we went and um yeah, i don't think we'll be going back on sunday afternoon cuz uh it was considerably more crowded than our Saturday morning outing. And again, as I said previously, I don't like crowds even when I'm dressed. I certainly don't like them when I'm, uh, naked and sweaty. So not a fan of the crowds, uh, very, very crowded that afternoon. And then also there was, um, there was, uh, there was some questionable PDA going on with some people, some couples that were there. Now you got to understand the, um, The brochure, the literature surrounding this place says, hey, you're not really supposed to to have PDA like this is not again, this is not some weird like sort of, you know, secret sex cult. This is this is about people coming and going to a sauna and getting in a pool and. You know, wellness. This is not this is not the naughty sauna. I'm sure they have those somewhere in the world, but not here, doggone it. And so they even say they suggest like we realize though you may be coming with a loved one. You know, maybe a pat on the back, holding hands as you walk. Uh, but that's about all we we really want to have happen here. That's we'd like to dial it back to that. And I'm just gonna say there were some people who were doing a little more than that. They were there were some embraces, there was some, uh, there was some uh, hugging and kissing, and uh, I, you know, not in my pool, friendo. You need to get out. You need to move on. Uh huh. We're not doing that here. Get on out of here. That's not okay. So uh, if we do uh, go back anymore, we've decided because we do love going. It's very relaxing and it feels great to get the good sweat on and. And uh, we found this one particular place. I hadn't gone the first time, and it was the best sauna. It was the best one, in my opinion. It was the perfect balance of heat and moisture. It was great. It was fantastic. Really good one. So I I really like going, but we're going to just go back on Saturday morning with the other uh, old, crusty, wrinkly people, you know, like lizards sunning ourselves on rocks. We're not... There's no, they're not gonna be any friskiness going on. There's no frisky on Saturday morning. It's just us old crows out there, man. So we're gonna we're gonna head back on a, on a Saturday morning where we belong and uh, let let the younger friskier people have other times of the week, but uh, not not for us. So still a fan, but uh, a little more choosy on my time. A little more choosy. Um, languages. Some people have asked me how the language is going. Well, truthfully. Um. It you know. It I I think it's going better in some ways. Uh. It it's it, what I've noticed is I've noticed that. Uh. I I have increased my statements that I make to people in German. I've 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 got a I've got more German at my disposal, and in certain situations, like reserving a table for dinner, which I have to do. Um. I I can I can kind of get by now pretty well. And so I've been able to actually get through a couple of interactions where nobody switched to English or asked me if I want to do English. They just We managed it in German, which was which felt very, very gratifying. But those are pretty low level. I mean, that's, you know, this this reserving a table for dinner. And um, but I, I've also increased my sort of explanatory statement. That says, you know, if I if I'm going into something where I know I'm probably going to get out of my depth pretty quickly or I need to, you know, I need to ask for something that I really don't have the the German to do. My my initial statements I make to people, you know, um, is a little more robust because I was taught when you're somewhere in someone else's land and you don't know their language well, you should. You should apologize. You should sort of humbly and gently, and and try to sort of say, you know, look, I I, I realize I'm this is inconvenient for you, and I apologize. I'm trying, uh, to to you know communicate and not be as much of a nuisance. Uh, you know, I'm putting more words in now, frankly, than it takes. But it's it's a couple of sentences, two three sentences that I use to say, you know, excuse me, I'm I'm learning German, but it's taking a while, and my German's not that sophisticated, and I'm wondering if you understand and speak English. And I've, I can string that together now pretty pretty nicely. And what's funny is, apparently, I've gotten really good at saying I'm not really good. Because I've now had a number of people comment that that particular chunk of German that I use, I do really well. And they're like, they, literally, I've had people say, well, that's, that's actually better than we hear most of the time from people. Which, on one hand, is gratifying. Uh, you know, that's nice. I'm so glad that's the case. But on the other hand, it was a little concerning because I think it means that probably a lot of people don't even bother to learn that much German. They just come and just assume, you know, uh, oh, you're just, you know, we'll just we'll just make everybody speak English for us. And I've had some responses where people literally will say things like, oh, of course, English, you know, like uh, kind of an eye roll. And I, I feel so humiliated, but I'm trying. So I'm thinking long game here, I'm thinking long game, keep at it, keep trucking keep trying and hopefully it'll get better and better, and I'll be able to do more and more. I just gotta think, you know, long game here. it's it's not a marathon, not a sprint on this language stuff. Let me tell you, it is tough business. but I you know, i I guess I've gotten pretty good at at telling people I'm not very good. and and the problem is is that you're very often, not able to practice much because you're in situations where you're under a time constraint like it's it's somebody at a you know it's your waiter or waitress at a restaurant or it's the person at the grocery store or you know and they they're in a rush you know they're trying to move customers through they don't want to sit here and go oh isn't it cute that you're learning let me play with you for a minute and use some words they want to move on with their day they they didn't get paid to teach me teach me german they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's move this along. And I've actually had some people where <laughs> when I when I try to do, you know, I tell them, hey, I'm I'm not very good. But then I continue to try to do some German. I've actually been sort of chided twice by some some servers who are like, well, so which is it going to be? Are you going to do English or German? Like, and I'm like, oh, I see. I thought maybe if I at least try like I, I anyhow, I, I'm not good at reading that. But But that leads me to the next thing, which is I should really be careful because uh, trying to speak German can get you into trouble. little update on the Globus fiasco. So I told you about how I uh, completely, without intent, in case any authorities are listening, with no intent, accidentally forgot to scan one item at the globus in my scan and go because I had been talking to the person is the one item I bought at the fish counter and I got distracted from trying to talk to her and converse and I forgot to scan it and they they caught that at the checkout register and I there was a whole thing and they said this is bad and you know we're gonna have to notify the police. But I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything for weeks. Lo and behold, I went out to my mailbox about, I don't know, a week and a half ago, and there was a very thick envelope from the local polizai. That's right. Uh, it didn't go away. It didn't just disappear. I was getting formal notice that I was being accused of shoplifting by Globus and um, that we were going to have to proceed to next steps. So this uh, this this uh, letter that I got asked me to write a formal uh, explanation of my side of the events to give my account of the events, uh, and that this would count as sort of my hearing or investigation, um, interrogation. I don't know. Anyhow, they said, just mail it in and, uh, mail in the explanation and uh, we'll go from there. And, uh, I tell you that put me in, that put me in knots for days, and and I'm still slightly in knots because now I've mailed it back and I haven't heard anything. And I don't know am I going to get a, another letter or a call in a couple of weeks that says mm, we don't like your account of events? I like ah anyhow. I'm just living with the fear of the long arm of the law. All because I accidentally forgot to scan one item. I'm telling you what everybody. Don't do scan and go unless you have a mind like a steel trap that can remember to scan everything. Cause I am I am living I am living with dread because of this little uh indiscretion. Inadvertent, non-intent indiscretion. Did everybody get that? No intent, according to the law, was not trying to do anything bad trying to be nice and buy a healthy piece of fish Ah, that's what I get so uh, enough of that that's sad so let's talk about something that's not sad let's talk about something that's lovely and you know what's lovely French butter speaking of of uh, great things French butter now I have discovered something and that is salted butter now you say Phil we have salted butter here Oh, au contraire, mon frère. All right. You go into your store and you see land a lake salted and unsalted. Nine, Fraulein. That is not what I'm talking about. I am not talking about salted butter that way. I'm talking about a whole different animal. Hear me out. We already know the French love their butter. All right. And God bless them for it. Uh, this is butter that has like flaked, flaked chunks of sea salt inside of it so it is extra salty and you also get this texture of the actual salt flakes in there it, I, I i we stumbled upon a a kind of a a, a mass-produced version of it um i kind of i don't know how to describe it kind of like a, a big box brand of it and uh, and it was good and uh and we were talking with some other um uh, you know expats living here and they said oh you got to go to cora and uh in in france you got to go to cora in france and uh and get some of the salted butter and some baguettes and it's funny because when we were flying in to germany last year our, our flight to move here uh, the flight attendant asked us, one of the flight attendants said, you know, what are you all doing? Are you vacationing? We said, no, we're moving there. And uh, she was like, oh, my gosh, wow. And she was talking to us and we told her where we were going to be. And she said, oh, you've got to go over to France and, and get the bread and the cheese. And the, like, And I was like, but I think the Germans have good bread. And she, she's like, we do. We do. And it was like she was like, don't sh- I'm not don't I'm not supposed to say. But but the French have they, it's just different. And it's true. It's different. It's a different kind of bread. It's a different thing. The bread here, like the country and the people, is sturdy. It's solid. It's dense and full of, of richness, full of nutrients. Uh, and the French baguette is more airy and it's, you know, more more sort of uh, uh, free. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. But anyhow, we were talking to these people and they're like, you got to go over to Cora. It's this big grocery store and they have a great cafeteria attached. And you got to go over to Cora and you got to go get some french butter and some baguettes. Uh, get some french salted butter and some baguettes. And uh, and they they all everyone at the table we were with, we were with six seven people and they were all like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing this." And I was like, "Well, we got some salted butter at the store and they're like, "Just trust us. You want to go get this, So we were like, "All right. Well, we wanted to take a trip anyhow." out So we went to Cora. And uh, and Cora in many ways is like Globus, uh, only they don't have scan and go. I think because they learned that it's it's a problem. Anyhow, it's a lot like Globus. It's a kind of a big store, um, but nice stuff. A mixture of groceries and ho- household items. Has a cafeteria. Has a cafeteria where they'll make crepes for you because you know France. You know, imagine going into Costco and instead of a hot dog and a Coke, you get a crepe. And, a, and an espresso or a or a glass of wine just right there just to, uh, you know that's in addition to the normal cafeteria aisle they have they have they have a crepe station where you'll get a crepe made for yourself you could, they have a pizza station or a, a, like a tart flambé and then they have a full cafeteria line and everybody's sitting over there eating and drinking wine you know at noon because it's France anyhow but we went there to get this butter, amongst other things, and we found it, and this butter, first of all, it's the size of a house brick, and by that I mean I grew up in a house that was made out of red bricks, you know, that's what we had, and it was, it's that size of butter, it's, it is a chonky, chonky brick of butter, and, uh, le sel du mer, all right, it is, no, Okay. Anyhow, we're thinking, how good can it be? And they, the people, the expats we talked to had made this comment. They're like, yeah, man, I just actually usually start eating it in the car on the way back to Germany. And then another person was like, oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I thought I was the only one that did that. And we were like, come on, you can't wait 45 minutes. So anyhow, we go back to the bakery section and there's a, a baguette maker who's just churning out baguettes. I mean, every 10 minutes he's walking over with a a, a a basket, a wicker basket of hot baguettes and pouring them out. And people are standing in line to just grab hot baguettes. And it's like a buy three, get the fourth for free. And so we walk over and we get these baguettes, these hot baguettes and a, a hot baguette. I'm going to start a band. We're going to call ourselves the hot baguettes. I just came up with that. No one steal that. The hot baguettes. We're touring Europe soon. Anyhow, the hot baguettes. We get the hot baguettes, and we're thinking four is too many, but because it's just the two of us. This was last year we did this. We're thinking four baguettes is ridiculous. Um, You know who in the world would need four baguettes? And so we get the. But it was a deal, and they were hot, and you get seduced by hot baguettes. Um, We grab these, and we get a couple of bricks of this salted butter. And we do the rest of our shopping, we check out, we get back in our car and we're driving and and it's like, it's like Odysseus. I could hear the siren song calling from the back seat. You know, I could hear the voices of the baguettes and the butter. They were calling and so my wife's like, you know, we could just tear off a piece and maybe just like, like I have a Swiss Army pocket knife that I carry just mainly to like for the scissors and the toothpick and the tweezers. But she was like, you know, we could cut off a little chunk. I get why people are like, you eat it in the car. This salted butter is a revelation. Of all the things I will miss if I leave this country, if I leave this area, will be the salted butter that I can get at the Cora. And uh, it 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 is off the charts. It's like, I don't know how to explain. Because you think to yourself, salted butter, how could that be? I, I, simple pleasures are the best, y'all. Salted butter on a fresh baguette is like proof that God loves us. I'm telling you it's it's unbelievable. And what was funny is when we got this stuff we thought to ourselves well four baguettes is really ridiculous. There's no way we're going to get through four baguettes anytime soon. And we thought who can who who doesn't have the self-control to wait until you get home 45 minutes to eat your bread and, and salted butter. But we, on both counts, proved that, um, A, uh, l- yes, no one should wait, start eating. In fact, we now have have b- we now have put a knife in our glove box. On the outside chance that we ever stop by, we can like get some bread and butter and start eating in the car right away and not be messing with a little mini Swiss Army pocket knife. We now just carry a knife in the in the car ready to go for salted butter so yes of course you eat it in the car of of course you eat it in the car but the second thing is four baguettes once you discover the butter the baguettes go down real fast guys and so so i went back there with my son not long ago and we bought we bought uh four bricks of the butter and eight total baguettes because we knew the first ones wouldn't last long. So, you know, you need to have backups. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, I maybe Globus, since I've kind of, uh, you know, burned my bridge there, because um, I, I went back to Globus, by the way, just an asterisk at the end here. I went back to Globus one time since my indiscretion and I tried to scan my Scan and Go card and I got an ugly message in German, which I didn't bother to translate because I figured I knew exactly what it said. So um, I went ahead and bought a few things that I needed because I was there and I checked out. But my wife was like, we're not shopping at Globus anymore because they're persecuting us. I don't know if I feel that way because I did make a mistake by not scanning, but it was. It does feel a little excessive these days. But anyhow, maybe what I do is I just just got to make a weekly pilgrimage to Cora. Make sure we're stocked up on salted butter and baguettes because, you know, that'll make my doctor happy. Anyhow, uh, if you're ever in the neighborhood uh, of someplace that has Le Zelle du Mer and you get the, the salted butter butter brick, and a loaf of bread, just trust me, happiness awaits. Well, I think that'll do it for today. Tied up some loose ends, Uh, told you the revelation about salted butter, and, uh, and I hope that everything is okay in your orbit, and as always, I want to wish peace and love to everyone.